Not you. What are you eating? Are you eating cornbread? Mind your business. What? Mind your business. You don't want to want to eat on the motherfucking podcast. So now you got to share with the class. What are you eating, Jordan? Okay, if you have to, if you have to know, Zagoya. <laughs> do and do. I was at the Verve Cafe on West Third and and um near um the the Grove. Oh, near the Grove. Near yeah. the Grove near, here in Los Angeles. And uh, meeting a friend for coffee, and I got a lemon poppy muffin. A lemon poppy muffin. Oh, look at you living your best LA life. I don't even understand why you pretend like you don't love Los Angeles. Because when you come, it's just like, I'm going to do all the Los Angeles things. I'm going to get a lemon poppy muffin, and I'm going to hydrate, and et cetera, et cetera. It's nice. It has its perks. I know I, I talk a lot of big talk, you know, that I, I think I was traumatized even here, okay? No, that's fair. That's fair. Being being broke and being here and not having a car is a very uh, hard experience, Oof, you know? That is. Oh, you thought you was going to move to Los Angeles without having access to a vehicle. That's where, that's, that's where things get, yeah. And I figured it out, but then like, you know, after a while it was like, why is it taking 175% more effort to to do things that I, where I, and in most other cities, I'd be like, you know, five seconds, you know? I'm telling you, it's very inconvenient city. I'll tell you that. Los Angeles is not convenient at all. But I'm back, I'm back here and I'm enjoying it more. Right. You got lemon, uh, lemon poppy seed muffin right now. So yeah, actress to lemon poppy seed muffin, you know, I've been getting a lot of sun. Feel good. You got a lot of sun. You got titties on your cup. Like, it's just. I do have, uh, for the listeners, uh, I'm drinking my this episode's tea out of a, a cup with an assortment of boob, boobs on it, of mm-hmm. representations, drawings of breasts on it. Mm-hmm. Some long, some short, some thick, some thin, you know? Some pokey, some round, you know? And uh, it happens to be the, the lone clean mug in the place I'm subletting. It was not a choice, though some have chosen to construe it as as one. I mean, Jordan brought it from home and um, he's just a little embarrassed that he just really couldn't travel without his boob mug. And I understand that. I understand how you would be, but you should just embrace who you are. Like, I, 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 there's no shame here. We're all family on this year podcast. You know what? I'm proud of being um, attacked. So let's begin the podcast. Okay. Let's begin the show. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it's totally fine. Let's let's start the show. I'll I'll intro us in. How about that? Are you? I'll, I'll do that. That's good. That's good. Okay. Welcome to Black People Love Paramore Podcast, a podcast where we chat about the seemingly random things large groups of Black people go up for. I'm your co-host, Sequoia. And I'm Jordan. And today we are chatting about, I don't even know how to put this. I don't know how to put it. White negresses is what I have written down. White negresses. Um, What's another way? Blue-eyed soul singers? No. Blue-eyed soul singers, Gwen Stefani. And Gwen Stefani. I feel like we the, the the main category is Gwen Stefani and then the sub and then we'll fill we're filling out the that's the name of the that's the name of the species the Gwen Stefanis Gwen Stefanicus and we'll okay. be filling it out but yeah the Gwen Stefanicus and then the rest yeah 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 so the the black non blacks that the blacks love 
um, like your your. I'm not gonna call Gwen Stefani Gwen Stefani your highness. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not ringing off the tongue for me. This is this is a complicated episode because I feel like what we're really gonna be talking about is people who weaseled their way behind the um the barrier, so to speak. Now hold on, I'm feeling a little attacked. I'm feeling a little attacked based on my no, favorite. No. I'm feeling a little attacked. <laughs> no, 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 no. And and I'm I'm not gonna stand on the here on this mighty podcast and pretend like you know I don't have uh some faves who you know have who haven't who haven't engaged in this sort of activity. But you know, like we're just we're just we're gonna get into it. We're gonna kind of try to piece apart what is our what is the attraction to this sort of thing. You know what? Okay. Period. Uh, more of a an observation. Well, we'll see when we get to my list of um, you know, the the white negresses that I've picked out. We'll see if you stand with that no attacks here. But first, I have in my defense, my in my defense this week is um, hmm, inspired by a tweet that I saw that has now been turned into Instagram posts and multiple things. The Negroes are are mad at this one. The Negroes are mad at this one. The tweet says something along the lines of, I really want baked mac and cheese to release the hold it has on my people. The mm. tweet came from a black. Okay. Now, I don't have a problem with baked mac and cheese. I love baked mac and cheese, in fact. Only if it's my mom's though, because okay. I don't like cheese like that. And so my mom makes it in a way that I don't mind the cheese. Anyways, I don't have a problem with baked mac and cheese, but... In my defense, stovetop mac and cheese really hits. There's nothing mm. wrong with the stovetop mac and cheese. A little easy mac, perhaps, a little microwave mac, a little crafts mac and cheese with the with the with the packet that you put. I don't have a, I'm not seeing a problem. I'm 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 just failing to see the problem. But I seem to be one of few Negroes that feel that way. Jordan Jordan's agreeing. He's snapping an agreement here. Y'all can't see him, but he's snapping an agreement. Jordan is also team stovetop mac and cheese. You know, we'll team both realistically, but no problem with with team stovetop. Look, I'm a I'm functionally my cousin and I grew up as latchkey kids, right? We had we we were kids whose parents were always working, right? And um, we got left uh, often at my one cousin Tamron's house with uh, my my aunt, my auntie Navit, my auntie uh, Valerie, who was kind of like she she lived at Tamron's house, and you know she she couldn't see very well, but she like kind of took care of us. And we, and the only thing in the crib for us to eat would be like mac and cheese or whatever, you know, things that we'd make on the stove like that. Ramen noodles. And so I have had my fair share of mac, stovetop mac and cheese. Yes. And honestly, it wasn't because I'm, as we, we've established the West Indian L.A. black divide on this podcast. Yeah. So Southern black divide. It wasn't until I started going to like other black people's houses that I, I realized that people bake mac and cheese. Because that's mm-hmm. not a thing that Jamaicans really do like that. OK, OK, OK. We don't really, because mac and cheese is more of an American thing. And so we don't really yeah. do that. And so I didn't know that it was like, it was supposed to be baked until I was like going to other people's houses and be like, oh, wow, this is delicious. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I thought, because I'd only really had the, like, the, the craft mac and cheese thing. Yeah. So I'm with you on this. Man, thank you. Thank you. I've, I, you know, I love when we align on the, in my mm-hmm. defenses because on the I just feel... Issues. On the important issues, you know, you have to be aligned on important issues in order to sustain a friendship. It can't be like some, you know, fuck baked mac and cheese, you know, fuck stovetop mac and cheese shit. And I can't be friends with you like that. You know what I mean? No, come on. Fundamentally, this show is about building a coalition, you know, a black coalition. Right. African black coalition, ABC. We love that. 
Exactly. Okay. In my defense this week, I'm going to go ahead and defend the thing that we're all thinking about and that we can't stop constantly thinking about. That is, where's my end of my defense? I was going to try to make one up. <laughs> you were trying to, you were trying to talk your way into getting something out and it just didn't come. It didn't Not come me getting you. caught in the act. Yeah, you got caught in the act. You thought she was about to be able to pull one out. You, you, you couldn't. Oh, wow. I was really churning all of the gears. I'm like, my, I need a, I need a breather. That was, that hurt. Um, <laughs> in my defense, okay. In my defense, hybrid cars. Okay. I know, I know the Larry, the Larry David of it all. The, you know, the, the tiny silent golf cart of it all. I know. The goofiness of it all. Yeah. And I also know, you know, the environmentally consciousness of it all. You know, I, they, they, I, I've heard both sides, but I'm here to stake my personal claim to the Prius I've been driving once since I've been here in LA for the last two weeks is that the gas, it's a beautiful thing. Impeccable. I filled it up like once in the last two weeks and that thing just keeps on moving. Keeps on giving the gift that keeps on giving. I was so used to like uh, being in re- um, conventional gas combustion engine cars, you know. <laughs> right. And and the, those things like eat gas. Those things are like what, like mm, seconds. Like like they're like you know. <laughs> please please more. May I have some more? This humble, handsome, beautiful, you know, car only takes what it needs, you know, and just keeps on giving. Just a giver. So, you know, obviously, like, I'm not even going to make the environmental claim on this because I don't, because if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't actually care that much <laughs> as, as much <laughs> as I should. But the, I will make, I will make the, the argument for like my pockets and what it's done for my bank account. But the, uh, what my, my Prius driving God has done for me. My, my Prius driving God. Yeah. And so I, I, I can only stand. Period. I definitely feel that. That was a good one that you pulled out. That was a good one that you pulled out. We're, we're professionals. We're professionals. That on was, this okay. Sunken city or not <laughs> sunken city, second city. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Okay. On this episode, I also want to talk about songs, a song, just, just a song, just a song, you know, that, that you're feeling as Negroes that you feel like really aligns with you as a person that's not by a Negro. Do you have any songs, Jordan, that you're feeling? That's why I thought about this. And uh, the top t- two come out come to mind as far as like uh, you can't you can't have any conversation about blue eyed soul or white negresses without white negroes without talking about the one and only Michael McDonald himself. Right, of course. Mike McDonald, for those who know, was the lead singer of the uh, the seventies funk R and B group, the Doobie Brothers. He had a successful solo career after that, but he had this song. On the Doobie Brothers, but it was called Minute by Minute that I love. Go listen to that song. Yeah, I don't. We don't own the rights to that song, so I'm, no. I'm not, and I'm not gonna hum it. But everybody knows what what a fool believes. It was like he said he's not gonna hum it. <laughs> That's the other song. And then proceeded to um give us a trumpet version of a different song. But um yeah, Minute by Minute <laughs> is so good. It's a song that directly follows. What a Fool Believes on their album, Minute by Minute. So you was listening to the full album. Sequoia, you know, I had, I had my quarantine moment where I got That's a stereo, crazy. I got a turntable. I did see I got that. some records, you know. Yeah. And one of them was Minute by Minute by the Doobie Brothers. And it's very good. 
Actually, the songs that I like, I feel like all the songs I like are the ones that Michael McDonald sings. I think I didn't know about the Do Your Brothers until I got this album was that he doesn't sing on all the songs. And there's another oh. guy who sings and his voice is, to me, significantly less compelling. <laughs> and so I like, I have to like skip those <laughs> ones. But minute, minute by minute, Michael McDonald is singing and the boy, the boy is singing. The boy is singing. Okay. They just find a, a groove. His little, uh, I don't have the words for it, but like I suggest go go listen to it. That's all I'll say. Go listen to Minute by Minute by the Diddy Brothers. Hi, I'm Kate Casey, an unscripted TV expert. Three times a week, I interview the talent directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docuseries, and documentaries. I get all the behind-the-scenes stories. I cover everything from The Bachelor Selling Sunset and Real Housewives to Tinder Swindler, The Last Dance, and Secrets of Playboy. Join me as I ask all the questions that you want asked. And best of all, I'm the most trusted source on what to watch every week. I will give you a guide on everything from true crime and sports to competition, calling from all streaming and cable networks. The best guests, the best shows and series, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Okay, okay, I will. I've never heard that, but I will definitely give it a listen. Since okay, let's stay on the let's stay on the train of the white men's who mm. who give it how they need to give it. I have for for the for one song that I really like. I have "I Don't Want to Be" by Gavin DeGraw. Do you know that song? Whoa! <laughs> I don't want to be man. I don't want Wow! Oh my god! The way that melody just shot out of my spine. It's so good. Like, I don't know what. Gavin DeGraw was really pouring his heart out. Like, he was coming. He did not want to be Mm. anything other than what he's been trying to be lately. And that's on period. Okay. Look at that little trucker hat he used to wear. Oh, my God. It was so bad. He used to, he had multiple hats that were bad. He had that thing that kind of crossed over into what Eminem was doing. That weird little, like. Fidel Castro, like <laughs> khaki hat. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, oh wait, was it kind of? It looked like an artist hat, but like we had a little yeah. rim on it. Artist hat of some kind, some kind of artist for sure. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no. But anyway, he, he was also a fedora. He was also a, a fedora offender. He was a fedora guy. I definitely remember him being a fedora offender. I was right him and Ryan Cabrera. I don't know if you remember Ryan oh Cabrera. Gosh. He was around. He was out around the same time. Yes, of course I remember Ryan Cabrera. They I was talking about Ryan Cabrera the other with day. the fucking fedora. Why were you talking about Ryan Cabrera the other door the other day? How did he come up? Because <laughs> my girlfriend was playing Hillary Duff song. She 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 stands Hillary Duff. Gang gang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> remember yeah. La Familia in the building? Yeah. And what about it? <laughs> That reminded me of uh, the Ryan Cabrera song because he was of that same moment, that same sort of like white Southern California thing that was happening. And what's funny is, okay, this is a tangent. The Hills is a television show. You know, you know, The Hills. Okay. They had a reboot in 2020. um, And I think they filmed it in 2019. And Audrina Patridge, is that her her last name? Audrina, y'all know who the fuck I'm doing. She was dating, right, the dark hair. Not you actually knowing the people. I love that you have a sister. Your sister (laughs) raised you right. I love that. It is my favorite. Okay. She was dating Ryan Cabrera in the reboot. And I was like, why is he? Or maybe she was dating him. Maybe it wasn't in the reboot. She was dating him at some point in the Hills history. It might have been actually in like the later episodes of the old season. 
It was it was one of them, either in the reboot or whatever. So Ryan Cabrera, I guess he's in, in the zeitgeist since you were just talking about him. Mm-hmm. He's around and he's around. He's doing just, his thing. You know, Ryan's doing his thing. So Gavin DeGraw was one of your your picks. Yes. Uh, no. So Gavin DeGraw was just a song that like, OK, I have a whole list of white singers that I feel like black people love just in general. Should I give my list or should should I wait for it? Yeah, let's just jump right into it. I'm, I'm curious. OK, I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna let's just jump right into it. So so white singers that black people love. I'm going to start out hot. OK, I'm coming out the gate hot. One Miss Ariana Grande. OK, one Miss Ariana Grande. Black people love Ariana Grande. Black people love Ariana Grande, which can be, you could tell by her black fan group are called Mocha Grandes, like the Star, yeah. like a Starbucks drink. You know what I mean? That's, They're called Mocha Grandes. Yes. <laughs> her black fans are called Mocha Grande. I am a Mocha Grande. Okay. And then one Miss Patti LaBelle called her a white black girl. Let's not forget Miss Patti LaBelle in real life. Patti said that? Patty LaBelle said Ariana Grande is a white black girl to Ariana Grande on stage. I don't remember what the event was, but Patty wow. LaBelle did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what y'all gonna do? Are you a Miss Patty? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, so thank you for for one putting me on onto this the game that is Patty LaBelle calling Ariana Grande a white black girl. I think we should backtrack and like introduce this concept a little bit. So like Sequoia and I have been thinking about this last week. The idea of We've, we've struggled to come up with a better term than a white negress, right? Like, and I think this is like a trope that goes a long, long way back. You know, like before black people were allowed to be shown on TV and film and all that things, they had sometimes who would either literally be in blackface or like white people who would just like gave a little black, enough black, you know, signifiers for the, for to, to get that excitement, you know, like in, and w- without having to have the actual presence of a black person. This phenomenon has has mutated to its current form and in the form it's been in the last like 50 years in pop culture of like performers who have a je ne sais quoi, je ne sais nig about them. <laughs> a je ne sais nig, yes. Jenny say nig, yes. A je ne yes. sais nig about them. <laughs> that um, that it just, it just, it just smells, it just smells, it, it, it gives, it's no coincidence, right? A lot of these traditions that these, work, these uh, artists are working in our traditions that the the techniques, the style, the like, you know, the flavor has been pioneered by black people, you know, and they're just doing a dutiful rendition. And, and in the best case, they bring their own little, their own little flair to it. But um, mm-hmm. they're doing a dutiful rendition of things that black people have helped pioneer. And then we are left with like some of these artists who like, you know, are white, but like, you know, uh, have a Genese nig about them. That, uh, a Genese nig, yeah. That, that makes them compelling. Right. And and Ariana Grande is, a, I think, a great example, like you said. Sequoia. Ariana Grande, you know, um, she is a, a phenomenal example. The Mocha Grande stand, Patty LaBelle stands. The talent is undeniable. I don't know what to tell you. So are you are you Miss Patty? You're not. So if Miss Patty I says wouldn't. she's a white black girl, then she's a white black girl. Mm-hmm. We canceling Miss Patty? No. That's wild that she said that. <laughs> but you know what she's saying, right? Because Ariana Grande sings with that melismatic you know, run, <laughs> run <melismatic>. heavy. <laughs> no, but it's not, not melanistic. Not melanistic. <laughs> melanistic. 
<laughs> we're not talking melanistic. We're talking about melismatic, melisma, right. the, the, you know, the technical mm-hmm. vocal term for like yep. putting a for bunch runs. of notes into the, yeah, for runs. And she does that melismatic thing. She does like her, she has a very specific kind of Whitney Houston indebted delivery, you know, that like is, is she, but she does it well. And it's like convincing and it doesn't feel like it's put on. It feels like this is a person who is, who is like skilled in doing the thing that they're doing. Um, so when I hear Patty, Miss Patty say that, I hear what she's saying. You know, I hear, I hear that. I hear her saying, like, I understand where, where Miss Patty's coming from. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, who are some other ones that you were thinking of? I have Tina Marie. Oh, you stole mine. Because, like, have you ever heard Square Viz? I'm talking Square, Square Viz. Uh, Sequoia, another one I own physically. Um, another of course record you of course oh my gosh, I meant to pull up the uh the notes on this. So I was Googling, I was Googling like white negresses and, and um and Tina Marie. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, and there's like academic articles that like are written about her black signifying. Um mm. I don't have a JSTOR account. If you guys have a JSTOR account, please email DTLP uh, pod. You guys, you please, know? I need the login for I need like, the, the login. You know, so okay. we can like, you know, get get scholarly, we can get academic in here, but um but basically, you know, there's a lot, there's been some written about Tina Marie and like, you know, this weird space she occupied. And for those who don't know, Tina Marie, 70s singer, white lady from California who married um, famously Rick James, the, you know, 70s, 80s R&B singer, funk singer, um, mm-hmm. and was notably one of the most popular art, white artists ever on Motown, Tina Marie. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. She's one of the most successful white artists on Motown. Oh. And she had that, her hit single, Square Business. And I have that record. And on it, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. But there's a little note that she has on the, on the outside. And again, Miss Tina Marie married Rick James, you know, famous black singer. Um, That's and she wild, put, she, she writes this weird little poem. And she was like, it, and it's like, you know, I've been called all sorts of things throughout my life. You know, like I've always stuck out. I've been called nigger lover this, nigger lover that. I. That's a quote. I a direct? That's a direct quote. You they they no. printed those. They printed those and they sold them in stores. Mm, um, no, no. And so she was like doing this like white victimization thing of like I like black people. You know she's doing a special. No, you know. not Tina. <laughs> but you know we separate. We can separate the person from the art that they produce and Square Business and R.I.P. and R.I.P. Tina. You know what I mean? Mm, like, R.I.P. Tina. She she might have been able to come along and, and, and fixed it had she, you know, lived. Right. And, you know, I don't know what, what else she, she did in the rest of her life. You know, this was that was in 1981. Maybe she maybe she renounced it later in her life. I don't know. What I do know is that you're exactly correct in thinking that Square Business is a bopper because that song does go. Go all the way up. Uh, it's a boppington i love that one it's phenomenal she also had this one song i don't remember the, i don't remember what it's called but it had like this real it started off so strong i think it's called stir it up mm. i'm not sure if that's what it's called but it was on like a later album it came out in like early 2000s wonderful oh a wow wonderful. she was still giving it up and yeah she was like my mom had that full album i think i know that full album oh my <laughs> sure gosh and her her and Rick James have that duet, Fire and Desire. And I remember they performed it at some award show in the oh early 2000s. God. <laughs> I forgot. They were they were up on each other. Ew, wait, they were up on each other. That's disgusting. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. Yeah, they have wow. Fire and Desire. That that is a classic. My dad uh, is bumping that in the house. 
It's great. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Wow, now I feel old. I feel like now I feel like I'm about to say they just don't make music like they used to. But I mean, mm. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm old. That's Do you have... millennial jumping out. Stop it. Don't say that to me again. I, <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a zillennial, sir. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Zoliny, okay. Don't don't try to take this from me. Zoliny. Do you have anybody that you want to jump in for? I finish off. I have a list. I can rattle them if you you let me know. Okay, so you stole one of mine. Tina Marie was definitely one I had. Uh-huh. Um another one I wanted to mention, just like kind of anecd- anecdotally, not for their music or whatever, but um I was thinking about this thing, you know, I was thinking about this topic, and it made reminded me of this James Baldwin book that I read couple of years ago that is uh, called um the devil finds work and it's about it's about film it's about him and his life his relationship to film mm-hmm. he writes about the earliest movies he saw he talks about and there's one passage where he talks about being um growing up growing up in in his house in the bronx and his dad he had an abusive father and his dad would always call him ugly which like we've all seen james baldwin he is a little ugly um so but uh, <laughs> i'm done <laughs> i'm done turn the podcast off Cut it. <laughs> Cut it. But, but his dad his dad wasn't saying it in a way that, you know, his dad was saying it in a kind of a racist, you know, self-hating way, you know, like you're yeah. ugly, you look, you know, got big eyes, blah, blah, blah. Mm, um, right. And James Baldwin, you know, was like, as a little boy, he didn't know what to do with that, you know. And then he saw um, the actor Betty Davis, who was a 30s black and white film actor. And he was like, oh, wow, she looks like me. And if you look up this woman, Betty Davis, B-E-T-T-E. She's a white actor from the thirties, but she has big old eyes oh, um, and kind of full yeah. And she, you know, she kind of has like I wouldn't say she has traditionally black features, but she just looks. She's an odd looking white lady. I definitely see how you get there. Yeah, yeah. And and it was like this weird thing where it's like uh, he was like, I was the first time I felt like I saw some semblance of representation of myself on screen a little bit. And this That's lady, so sad um, to me. Yeah, no, because it's like the thirties, um, in the forties, and uh. But I think it was also something about her, her like um, her swagger, her swagger you, you know how right. we want to put it, mm-hmm. um, that like also lent itself to like him feeling this way. But um, I just wanted to mention that because that's what when you asked me to think about this, I was thinking I, that that came to mind. But another one that that it, uh, that came to mind recently because I've been thinking a lot about the Beatles is Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney is a a classic white yeah. Negro. They came up doing um like doing like. <laughs> doing like chuck berry covers and like little richard covers like that's like the foundation of the beatles like their their whole their whole foundation was like racial mimicry and like of course the beatles like went on to be very prolific you know and and pioneering artists in their own right and did all this you know made all these cool songs that we love and know but like there was recent recent profile paul mccartney new yorker and like you just you hear the way he talk and like there's a show on hulu too with him and rick rubin talking and i watched a little bit of it and you can, it's clear that like he like, you know, was somebody who like breathed in, really like ate up black music in the fifties and like internalized it and metabolized it and, and turned it into something of his own. But like mm-hmm. the stuff that he's doing is very much rooted in black music. Like he even mm-hmm. talks about his um bass playing style. He he picked up from James Brown's bassist. Wow. The world loves Paul McCartney. Yes. And his some some of his work is like, you know, some of the most cited pop music and the last like however many years a hundred percent black people do like paul mccartney my mom my my 58 year old black very black mother likes paul mccartney a lot right because he's he's doing some things that you know that he, he picked up from grandpappies right from the traditional faves 
Right, and uh, and I think I think it's no reason, it's no surprise why his his sort of thing has some crossover appeal. It clearly does. Speaking of crossover appeal, I want to talk about someone who is married to a country artist who just gives me racist. <laughs> Blake Shelton oh, gives no. me racist. Okay, um, I've been watching The Voice because Ariana Grande is on this season, and Blake oh, Shelton whoa. is on it. And this has made me like him a lot more. But at first, I was starting to look at Gwen Stefani a little sideways for marrying Blake mm. Shelton. I was like, why? Why are you married to him? Because you were one of our faves. The Blacks love Gwen Stefani. You were one of our faves. And then yeah. you married Blake. But it made sense also because she's from Orange County. <laughs> right. She really came in, raided the house, betrayed our trust, I feel like, with Gwen Stefani. You know? That's what she did. We didn't welcome her in with open arms. She just showed up one day and we're like, whoa, you're kind of cool. We don't mind you. Right. You know, you're doing your little thing. You do your little thing. Okay. Your little, your little bleached ends. We, we, we don't mind you. Your little bleached, your, your heat damaged hair. Come on, Gwen. Right. You gave us a couple of songs. You worked with Pharrell. You know, you did your thing. Mm-hmm. And then for her to, to turn around, renounce all that, and like return to her Orange County roots in the way that she did is a little shocking to me. I felt, I felt destabilized by it. I, 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 you know, it was a little bit jarring, you know, it did yeah. shake me up a little bit, but, but now that I understand Blake better, I, I get it. But Miss Stefani has uh-huh. just made good music over the course of her career. Sure. She culturally appropriates, but if you're going to, that's how you do it. I'm looking at you, Miley Cyrus. If you're <laughs> going to culturally appropriate, that's how the fuck you do it. Okay. okay. If, I, if I'm going to hate that you're doing it, make me like really hate it because I really like your stuff so much. You know what I mean? Make me be like, well, well, let me tell you something. I'm still going to listen. What's a Gwen fave of yours? Hmm. Um. Okay. Okay. A Gwen fave of mine actually doesn't culturally appropriate in the song or video. It's cool by Gwen Stefani. I love that song Ooh, so that song much. That song is so good. It's so good. It just, it that sounds so really nostalgic. Good. In the video, she's like on this bike with like this retro outfit on, like a little dress and her hair. She just, it's so good. I love that song. Or Luxurious, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, one is Slim Thug. You know? Yes, that's the one Slim Thug. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's the one where she's doing the most with the culture yes. appropriation. Miss Man was doing every culture she could get her hands on in that fucking video. Well, yeah, that was the thing about her too. She was like, it wasn't just black stuff. She was taking from everything, like Indian everywhere. stuff. Everywhere. Everywhere. Latino stuff. She was a chola in that video. She was doing oh everything. Oh my gosh. She was doing she was doing so much racial uh cosplay was like a cosplay variety she was show. really like cosplaying it really was and i was here for the show i love that variety <laughs> show that yeah we were clapping we bought our tickets <laughs> we really bought Dead our tickets ass. every black person loves Gwen Stefani. i remember when holla bad girl came out also if you really look at that song you like now gwen okay what was this now, though now gwen <laughs> now gwen <laughs> what the fuck was this <laughs> Not at the not at the like the racial interrogation. <laughs> right. In, in retrospect, no, not Gwen, Gwendolyn. You're gonna have to answer. What did you mean by ain't no hollaback girl? What it please define oh. a hollaback girl, Gwen, because I don't define know what the fuck it is. Girl. I need you to define it, please, quickly. In your words. In what your would words. you say you were getting at? Mm, right. Huh. You said this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Are you calling us monkeys, Gwen? 
<laughs> I just like to know if that's what you're yeah, alluding to. Yeah, Gwen. No, Gwen, that's really, really interesting fruit to choose. That was a really interesting fruit to choose on a song where you rapping, damn near okay. You're rapping, Gwen. What's, mm. what's that about? Mm. Yeah, no, she really was stomping on that line, and uh, and but we we were we were here for it. It was a different I was time. Here, I loved it. I loved it. I ate that shit up. I remember fourth grade. I remember starting fourth grade, and that song had come out that summer. And like we couldn't stop singing that in my class. I remember yes. everybody singing that. Yeah, yes. B A bananas, B A N A N A S. And I think about it, everybody was looking at me when they were saying that. What's up with that? You know? Yeah, yeah. Everybody was looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what she intended. She wanted them to look at you. That's what it was. Guys, guys who listen, everybody listening, that's that's not true. I was not racially aggressed in fourth grade. That is not true. <laughs> Don't say that just because your fourth grade friends listening, you're trying to get them off the hook. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, Gwendolyn. Oh, you gonna give names? No, no I'm gonna give names. No, we're not gonna okay. give names. We're All right. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Miss Gwendolyn is a great one. Yeah, Miss is a great yeah. one. She might be the. I won't say she's the original, but she was like the first really cool white girl for my generation like a very cool like she was just so fucking cool there was nothing you could do with that like she just really cool she was like uh she was like the anti britney spears obviously britney well she came first gwen i think um but yeah, she was like gwen the anti britney spears say more what do you mean anti britney spears she was like full opposite britney was like this like very poppy like cute um Young, but still kind of sexy. Like, you know, she was mm-hmm. like hitting all of these tropes that are very standard. And Gwendolyn was subverting. Also, I don't think her name is Gwendolyn. I think her name is Gwyneth. But I'm going to call her Gwendolyn because I prefer that name. She <laughs> was subverting all of these tropes. She was running around with this mad bleached hair in electric chairs, uh, screaming at the camera with jumpsuits on. It, it You know, she was giving yeah, a she show. she was punk girl. She was doing punk girl, you know. She was a was punk really- girl. And I stand, you know, she didn't, she wasn't going with none of that pop shit. She she yeah. said, I'm a real rap bitch. She said, no pop shit. That's a Megan Thee Stallion line, by the way. So Gwen, mm, Gwen is the first mm-hmm. person that said that. And she was thinking about when Meg wrote that, she was thinking about Gwen. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was another one I had in mind. I can't think of who else. Tina Marie for sure. Yeah, definitely Tina. Miss Tina. Maybe it'll come to me. Maybe it won't. Okay, I'll, I'll move us along until it comes yeah, to please, you. Yeah, please, please move us along. So now I have my first man to enter into the picture. Okay. That is Robin Thicke. And mm-hmm, Robin Thicke married a black woman. And then he felt so embedded in black culture that he co-opted the black men don't cheat movement by cheating. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I don't, I don't appreciate this. Uh, you don't like the making. slander? You're saying you're saying you don't like the slander? What, what do you mean? Making. It feels a little it's a little slippery, you know, it feels a what little What do you mean? Like, uh, you, I'm just saying black men don't cheat, you know. Yeah, yeah. and then you're going to you're going to then you're going to say that we you, the black men do cheat and you know, I don't Just some, what, what, you know. What what Robin Thicke chooses to do <laughs> is not representative of all negroes is what you're saying. Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. No, Robin Thicke is such a good one. I uh, I tell this story often. I had a deep connection with that, the evolution of Robin Thicke album because my dad in 2006 was dating this woman who got it, got him it for his birthday, I want to say. And her name was mm-hmm. Loris. Shout out Loris. Great taste in music. Loris. 
And that album just just took me. There's there's Shooter with Lil Wayne is on that album. You know that song? No, I don't think I know any. I don't know the album. Do the knowledge, Sequoia. This is a, this is. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, then do it, okay? But Lil Wayne's on the album. Uh, Wanna love you, girl. The the Neptune's produced song. Oh my god, phenomenal! Ten out of ten. <laughs> Lost without you, of course. Wonderful. Oh my god, that that album is is like top front to back. You know, a a slaps. You know, and he really <sighs> put his foot in that thing. You know, the child of a of a TV star, you know, he he had the, the chips were stacked against him. I don't know what Alan Thick was doing that his 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 son. Now who is Alan Thick? Tell me that's, who, that's who? his father. His father was um the dad on Step uh what is Alan Thick? Which show was it? <laughs> what is Alan Thick? Uh it, that show, what is it called? Um uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. My name is Tom Buck, and this is The Enthusiasm Project. Join me each week for deep dives exploring the world of what it means to be an independent creator on YouTube, starting your own creative business, and keeping a positive, enthusiastic mindset along the way. New episodes of The Enthusiasm Project are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like a... Hmm, let me see. Alan... There's an ABC sitcom. Com- Canadian. Oh, he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Oh. Growing Pains used to be on TV. It was like a sitcom that I think I saw reruns when I was growing up. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know nothing about Growing Pains. But. That's his daddy. I didn't know that he came from somebody. I didn't know that he was. Oh, hmm. yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. He's an LA kid, you know. And I don't know what. Whether he just started hanging out on Slauson or what, but. <laughs> But he found. He found something. You know, he found something. He picked up on something. He hit his niche. My man's was going. Yeah, no, Robin yeah. Thick. Yeah, he he has he has a talent. But then he went and stole from black people with um with his date rape song. Um <gasps> I forgot about that. Everybody get up. What the fuck is that? Blurred lines. Blurred lines. I know you want it. Oh yeah, he stole from um Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Got to give it up. Yeah, and Pharrell, an accessory in that crime. Pharrell's been an accessory in a lot of crime. Pharrell's got a lot of goodwill for somebody, you know, who's been I swear to God. Who's been doing some shady stuff for a while. I'm telling you. And Pharrell, don't send the Illuminati at me. Like I I you know, all respect, all respect to the skincare. All respect to the skincare to your your poreless, beautiful face. You know? well, yeah, no, he he's he's been he's he's had his run-ins and he's he's managed to keep the 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 goodwill high. I remember the one I wanted to talk about um, as Go well. Go for it. Another one of the of the early two thousands, mid two thousands that we cannot forget, which you probably have a hive on your list, is Amy Winehouse. Oh, oh, she you know she was she was next on the list. You know she was next on the list. You know Miss, Amy Miss was next Amy. on the list. Yeah, there's no there's no reason for a tiny british jewish girl from london to be singing the way that that woman sings Mm, you know the way that woman sang was something else we we were just listening to me on house over here the other day and like and they didn't they didn't shy away from the like the black of it all you know like they gave her a little beehive they put her on some motown sounding you know backing production 
and they wanted and they were because her voice just sounded that way you know like it was really convincing and i i feel like she's one of the people where like the sheer talent and the the, the songs you're making just like force people to be like yeah she can she can hang she's invited there was nothing you could say once you heard the voice you were like oh i mean what am i supposed to do about that like <laughs> that's what it is it's yeah. wonderful that's yeah yeah what what a what a gift what a gift. She is tiny, or she was tiny. Amy Winehouse was tiny as fuck with the lungs of life. Yeah, with a big old voice. Like, how did it feel like that felt like some reincarnation shit? I feel like Amy Winehouse's existence is probably the strongest case for reincarnation because she was definitely a black woman. In the past, like, 100%. Oh, she was oh my definitely gosh. a black woman. Yeah. I don't know if I can agree with that. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Uh, that's fine. how reincarnation works. Yeah, You're going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah no, that. that's, that's, that's totally fine. That is totally fine. I'll move us along then, unless you have something else you want to say about Miss Amy. No, go ahead. Let's, let's keep, okay. keep it rolling. I have, I have three more. Um, I'll go, I'm going to skip the one that I had initially, because I feel like he can move down the list a little bit. John B. John B., I'm still not convinced that this is not a black person. Even upon looking at him, I'm like, <laughs> John, mm, Jonathan mm, B. I don't know. My man was giving, he was giving early blackface. If you ask me, because I'm looking, at him, I'm like, yeah, okay. If you told me this man was half black, I believe it. I mean, I, I imagine John B. in the '90s would take that as the highest compliment. I think he, I'm sure he was. Uh, he was. Cutting his facial hair that way for a reason, you know. <laughs> he was he was getting that hair lined up that way for a reason. Lineup was sharp. My man's lineup was sharp. He was taking all those black and white photos for a reason, you know. For a reason, saying? right? <laughs> he didn't want to come across too pasty. He said, "Okay, yeah, come on. yeah." He's like, "They can't tell what I look like if it's in black <laughs> and white." And I couldn't, and I could not. Yeah, and so no, he's he's a, a great one. I I was recently made aware of this John B song that um. The Umma produced, which is um, uh, Jay Dilla and uh, what's his name, Q Q Tip. They mm. produced a a John B song called Cool Relax. You want to talk mm. about smooth R and B? You want to talk about mm. a song that okay. that smells like Jacquard Noir? You want to talk about a song that feels like a leather interior and the, yes. the like the the Mercedes Coupe? You know, going okay. seventy on the highway. Okay. That is that song. That song makes me feel like like I'm. Like I'm on a I'm on an episode of Girlfriends, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's the vibe. The song this song is so sensual and good and and it feels like like you know the scene in like the the black rom-com, the late 90s rom-com where they're like she finally gets close with the man that she's been like, you know, thinking about and like yes. they're like they're dancing together, you know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> that song is so good and so it's so sensual. Um and yeah, that's a John B. song and made by a full 100% cockazoid. A cockazoid, a cock. That's crazy. That's Stop. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John B. really is so special. Like, he's so good. Don't talk, baby, just do it with me. Take a sip. Like, he was really. I had no idea that that was a white person. I'm not even going to exaggerate until probably my sophomore or junior year of college. Probably like I was like 20 or maybe 
19 or 20 when I figured out. I think it was when I first started like looking at the album covers because I was on streaming platforms. So, you know, I'm like Mm. really looking at album covers and stuff of music that I don't own the physical copy of. And I was like, is that a white that I'm looking at on John V? And it was a white. He was indeed a white. Lo and behold, there 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 was a white. There he was. Um, Wikipedia and, tells me he's from Pasadena. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's what a Wikipedia native. Says. Okay, not mad about that. Okay, I love that for John. He's going to that Roscoe's a lot. I bet. That's where he picked it up. That's where he picked up the song. <laughs> yeah, he was at Roscoe's. He's at yeah. Roscoe's. Also, if we want to talk about a place that's overrated, it's Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Okay. What? Very overrated. What is this blasphemy? This is very overrated. Do you have a, uh, uh, do you have a, uh, maybe we can take this off air, but do you have, if you have any places that you think are better, you know, in a, you know, soul food spots that you like more, put me on. It's my mom's kitchen, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> right, right. You know, chicken waffles. I've had better chicken waffles from my mom every day of my yeah, life, damn near. Right, right, right. Anyways. Um, okay. Past John B., I have two more. I have Bobby Caldwell. That's obvious. Who? Bobby Caldwell, what you won't do. Oh. Do for love. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did not know that that was. Yeah, I, I did not I know that, that, that was a white person for a long time. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're shook. Yeah, no, Bobby Caldwell is truly phenomenal. Yes, well, he he looks like um like a like a Disney character. These old these old time photos of him. He looks he looks white. It's like, like they a, did it to like on a, purpose, like a Scandinavian way. It's kind of scary. A Scandinavian Disney. Yes, he's a little scary. Yeah, you would never expect that voice to come out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby Caldwell's great. And then my last one is Yeba. Have you heard of Yeba? Yes, she's on the Drake album. She's on the Drake album. Yeba's heartbreak. Uh huh. I was yeah. I'm only recently uh become aware of her, but right before the album Drake album came out, my sister was telling me about her. And my friend Natalie is a great writer. She wrote a a profile of her, a short profile of her for Elle magazine, I want to say. And it kind of got she got and got some heat on the internet because she in this article wasn't exactly comparing Yebo's voice to these people, but was likening the experience of hearing her voice for the first time mm-hmm. to the experience of hearing these other people's voice for the first time. And I think she mentioned Beyonce in the same breath as Yebo. And people got very upset with her. Like she was getting like all sorts of like responsibility. Like you need to take this down. How dare you mention this woman in the same you breath as Beyonce? I think I saw that. I think I do think I saw that on Twitter. There was one day where I, I saw some no, some, they, they some were, they article where they were mad at. Yeah, I saw that. It, it's giving dramatic. Yeva has a great voice. Like y'all, stop right. it. I know she wasn't saying it was the same thing. You know, she was saying right, was like, you know, right. No, like okay, y'all are y'all are doing a lot, but you know. But uh, but you like Yeba's work. I have you listened to some Yeba? What's some Yeba? Yeah, like? so yes, Gary put me on to Yeba like before she was on Certified Lover Boy, and I was like, I can't believe that this is a white person. Like, I'm having a hard time understanding this is a white person. And then he showed me the music video, and I was like, this is actually crazy. Like this, 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 this not making no sense to me. And no, yeah, Yeba is great. So. That wraps up my list of white singers that black people 
love. Maybe black people don't love Yebba yet, but I think they're going to get there. I mean, Drake loves Yebba. Drake is blackish. Is he? Right. Blackish. Right. <laughs> he's, he's black like. He's black adjacent. Right. He he's he's off black. Yeah. I also have a very short list of white singers who wanted to be loved by hashtag the blacks and missed. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love this list. I, mean, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I just have this four list people on here. Very long. This, probably, this list could be no, very long. I, it could be. It could be mad long. Okay. So if you have anybody anecdotally that pops up for you, you feel free to share. I have a very short list that just, you know, I guess these aren't necessarily singers, artists in general. We have one Iggy Azalea, obviously. She, oh my gosh. Iggy, Iggy Igloo had, Australia. Igloo Australia had the cosign of uh, a Clifford Tip Harris, okay, <laughs> who who tried to put her on. T.I. tried to put her on. We still didn't give a fuck. Yes. We, we didn't want you. We didn't like it, actually, babe. Because when I heard Iggy, I was like, okay. I was like, sure. She, her voice is a little weird, but I was like, I guess, you know, this is how you sound if you grew up, you know, in the South. Found out that this nigga was from... The southern part of the world, sure. South Perth. She was from right. the south of the world. <laughs> She's from South Earth, sure. Right, but south definitely Earth. not. <laughs> definitely not from fucking the south. I was like, oh, this girl can go straight to hell. <laughs> She's from South Brisbane is where she from. <laughs> right. Oh. I'm like, girl, go to hell. What the fuck? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's one. A good she one. tried it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second. She really did try it. She continues to try it. Do you see this? Do you see this? Yeah, uh, she continues to try it. What? This this song. She comes out with a song where she's she's like wearing it's called like I don't even remember what it's called. Yes, she actually looks like a black. She looks like a black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing brown face in it. Right, pure brown face. Um, okay. I have this next person fell from grace. This this next person used to be in black people's good graces had a tumble from black people's good graces and just recently the tumble furthered okay (laughs) so justin timberlake really started off in black people's great graces and then he snatched some shit off off, uh, janet jackson's titty on the super bowl she got blacklisted he didn't have shit to say about it we let him get away with that shit for years with that silence we let him get away with that silence for years and just recently when britney spears when he was getting dragged for how he treated britney spears the negroes co-opted that dragon and was like also let's talk to you about janet also let's talk to you about janet because we're tired Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And my man's was getting dragged for that. He has been casted out of the Negro Kingdom. And, you know, now I guess he's white. He left voluntarily. He tried to, he put out into the Man of the Woods where like he, his whole rebranding was like Minnesota. Like he was branding was like white Minnesotan was the, was the whole. He was rebranding as like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he was repenting after I <laughs> And um, uh, I mean, we want to talk about another uh, person who's been doing a weird blackface God. thing, Shia LaBeouf. But um, but yes, no, Justin Timberlake had the world in his hands, Sequoia. You're so right. Like he he had a successful the boy band thing. That first album, Justified, indisputably like the like magnificent. Like it's so good. magnificent. One of the best works of the pop albums of the early 2000s like the the neptune's production like that album is so good a senorita all those songs in there are so good 
Um, and like, then he went and he went and just like let his let himself trip over his own whiteness. You know, he just he just he just he couldn't help himself. And and did you see? Did you see? Oh my gosh! They're like I love that. My favorite phenomenon on Twitter is uh when people drag up old people's old tweets from when like like 2010 when celebrities were just getting on Twitter and kind of just saying whatever. You remember this weird... I I got on Twitter like kind of like right after this, I feel like. But like there's a space where like people, like famous people didn't understand that like they couldn't just say whatever. Right. Or like it was before PR, the PR people got to Twitter and be like, hey, we need to regulate this. Right. And there's one where he's... It's like from 2011 where he's wishing somebody a happy birthday. He says, happy birthday to my mother flipping neighbor or something like that instead of mm. saying motherfucking nigga he mm. says motherfucking neighbor mm. and it was like what why did you mm. why would you Mm-mm. just say happy mm. birthday and leave you could have just said happy birthday would have sufficed like it is a perfectly fine phrase <laughs> happy birthday is just fine no one's ever been mad at a happy birthday ever he said, happy birthday to blah, blah, blah. That's my motherfucking neighbor or something like that. <laughs> he really thought he was doing something with that one, too. Why would you tweet that? Um, yeah, no, he's an idiot. Oh, my he's... God. Wait. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Wow, this is on my mind. That reminds me because, like, that's just so fucking unnecessary. It's wildly unnecessary. Why the fuck did you do it? This reminds me of this TikTok that I saw that said, what's the most unnecessary song lyric that you have ever heard? <laughs> and the song lyric that they said was uh, and on Take Care, I don't even remember what song it was. Drake at the end of one of the songs, at the as the outro, this nigga says <laughs> My wife first said, You niggas crazy. I hope no one heard that. I hope no one heard that. Cause if they did, we gonna be in some trouble. Like Drake. It's Marvin's room. Marvin's room. <laughs> Marvin's room. Drake. Why would he, why did you say that? For what? For what? Please. What did that add to the song? What did it? What did it add to the song? One and two. Why didn't you say something, Drizzy? Why you heard it? Say right? something. <laughs> you heard it, right? And when we when we call Drake blackish, this is what we mean. This is what we're referring to, okay? Because Drake, what the fuck was you on talking about? My wife and said you niggas crazy. I don't know her that nigga. You heard it, okay? You give up your nigga privileges. You can't stay to work no more. Give it back. Give it back. You gave it to the white. You gave it to him. They took it oh, from man. you. Give it back. Okay. Ooh, okay. Next on the whites that want to be loved by the blacks, but miss Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg wow. when he was Marky Mark. Yes. There's a lot to unpack with Mark Wahlberg. Apparently, my man was really racist. Um was running Support, around allegedly. Right. Allegedly was running around like hate crime people. Hate crime people attacking elderly asian people and attacking young black children like fourth graders really fourth graders and so there's just like a lot to unpack with marky mark but yeah my man's decided once he was he was uh finished hate criming um the pocs he was gonna go ahead and try to be loved by the blacks in order to get some you know have a redemption arc we didn't want it we didn't like it he pivoted and became an actor very successful good for you Finally, I have Jelsey Nelson, Jesse Nelson from Little Mix. That's my last one. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Okay, you do. She's been getting dragged all week. She is the girl from that band who Nicki Minaj has been defending, talking about. So you really have not seen this. 
Who's this? Okay. Nicki Minaj has been defending Jesse Nelson because her and Jesse Nelson made a song. Jesse Nelson is from a group called Little Mix, a British girl group band. I think they're okay. British. They might be Australian, but I want to say they're British. Um, they are like a, a product of like a show like The X Factor or something. You know, they came together on some shit like that. And Nicki Minaj, and one of them went solo. The one that has been doing blackface went solo. The group, you know, she left the group. Jesse Nelson. And Jesse Nelson. J-E-S-Y. That's why you're having a hard time I'm looking at photos of her. She looks like Lil' Kim. (laughs) Right. So Nicki Minaj made a song with her. The song also has P. Diddy in the music video and and features and is like sampling a a P. Diddy song. I don't remember what song. I can't remember. I only listened to the song once. But (laughs) it sounded disgusting when you said, oh, interesting right now. But yeah, she she really thought that we was going to go up for that because she sampled a Diddy song and she got uh, Onika Mirage on the shit. We didn't give a fuck. We didn't want it. We didn't want it. You you can keep it. She been getting dragged all week. Nikki been getting dragged all motherfucking year. Specifically for the the blackface of it? Yes. She been getting dragged for the blackface of it and just because the song is ass. Okay. In general, the song boys. Of "Boys" with the Z, with the Z, I see. With the Z. Oh man, know. the cover is unfortunate too. She's doing some. This is very like. You think people are like smarter than this now? Like she's wearing like a ice cream sneakers, a be a inexplicable beanie, like a white a white silver <laughs> lace front, no. like a, cu- a couple of those choker diamond encrusted chains. This is like a. This is like the type of blackface they they put on like a on like a sitcom and they're like, haha. You know what I mean? No, like, literally, like it's over the top. Like it's like too much. It's like It's insane. This is absurd. Like Sorry. it's like you're joking. Like you have to be being funny, but she's not being funny. She's being serious. And then you have Nicki Minaj going and defending her on live. Her and Jesse do a live. And Nicki uh-huh. is like, I don't I don't know what the problem is. I wear blonde hair and green contacts all the time. I wear blonde hair down to my ankles if I feel like it and green contacts all the time. As you know, Nikki enabling. Mike Nicholas, can you shut the fuck up just once? Just once. Please be quiet. So Nikki Minaj is is an anti-vaxxer and a blackface enabler. Amongst other things that we don't necessarily have to bring up. Um, but yeah, she, she's been doing a lot of things lately. And this is just one of the plethora of tasteless things that Nicki Minaj has been uh, doing lately. So yeah, that concludes my list of white singers who wanted to be loved by hashtag the blacks and missed. I'm sure there are others. If y'all, you know, want to tell us what those others would be on your list, feel free to write in, hit us up on social media, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the Jesse Nelson one is a nice, convenient ending point because I feel like it it serves as our Black people's hate for the week. You know, I agree. I, we didn't we didn't really have one, but I I agree. I think we found Black it. people hate Jesse Nelson and blackface and blackface. <laughs> and I think it's like a nice coda to this episode too because I feel like the the we were trying to get at how some of these previous artists were doing a thing that sat somewhere between oh. There's a fire in your neighborhood. There's a fire in your building. There's a fire in your room right now. So <laughs> <laughs> For real. That shit was mad loud. <laughs> <laughs> Happy full moon in Aries. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, just, I was saying, like, I feel like we were getting to how, like, how, like, a lot of these artists that we were talking about earlier in the episode, the work sat somewhere between, like, blackface, blatant blackface, and, like, an iteration on, like, a black thing. The line is 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 very blurred, and, and the... And it's all pretty gray. 
you know when what blackface is when you see it though you know and this jesse you do you do this jesse nelson thing is uh i when you said she was a white person i was confused because the first google images i was like this is little kim's no literally like if you look at the group when she was still in the group little mix there are four of them only one of those girls is black and i couldn't tell you which one it was i was like (laughs) (laughs) i said okay oh my gosh i see two blacks like where's the which one yeah that's concerning (laughs) the uk is on a really weird wave right now from what i've seen you know i've I've got my glimpses of um like a geordie shore and like a love island content And yes. it seems like this Kim Kardashian blackface super tan yes mixed fish thing happening oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is like a kicking into overdrive over there in a way that I don't feel like I we the least of those pop culture people seem to know a little bit better than they used to. The Kardashians, you know, are gonna keep being the Kardashians, but I feel like other celebrities are kind of getting wise to like that's not. That's not what that you should be doing. That shit is not cute. Like, that's not what you want to be known for. The Kardashians are, like, capitalizing off it, but everybody else is like, girl, you're throwing your career away. Like, you're mm-hmm. you're entering in it too late. <laughs> like, you can't, yeah. you can't start this shit in 2021. You missed your little window, yeah. <laughs> you missed the little window. You should have started this shit seven years ago, babe. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gwen Stefani's still eating off that those bendy checks. <laughs> and I'm the one that's eating it up. Mm, I'm eating that shit clean up. So, Gwen Stefani's yeah. still eating off those holla back girl checks. <laughs> The Bendy checks and the Hollow Back Girl checks been feeding Miss yeah, Gwendolyn for been, her, her whole her, her, life. Her kids going to private school off of that, you know. A hundred percent. Her and Blake yeah. Shelton's uh, conservative flag wearing kid definitely. Mm-hmm. What is that? Not right. conservative. Confederate flag wearing kid definitely. You know, eating off that check. The window closed and it's probably going to stay shut. Hopefully forever. So hundred um, percent. I hope so. I would love that for us. I would love nothing more for than for that window to go ahead mm-hmm. and remain right where right. it is. Um, but I think that's all that I had on my list for today. You know, the the white negresses and Negroes that black people love, they're abundant. Yeah. I'm we sure gave a, lot a billion that I didn't miss. Hmm? Mm-hmm. We gave him a lot to chew on, you know what I'm saying? We did. We gave him a lot of food. Digest that and come Digest back that. to let us know your thoughts. Stream minute by minute by the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> plug your shit jordan plug your shits okay (laughs) okay well we need to i really need to write an outro i I finally wrote an intro i don't have an outro leave them wanting more you know what i'm saying it's show business baby just cut it just like cut it right here right here right but no okay if y'all Want to talk to us at all? Email us at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com. If you would like to hear more. Send us your JSTOR login. Like, actually, I need that. I need the JSTOR login. I also have... Yes, I'm not even going to talk about that. I need a JSTOR login really bad. Two, rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts because we need you to do that. Um, Would love that. I told y'all, somebody gave us four stars. Take that shit back. Um, Uh (laughs) Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Let me be very specific. And then, if you want to talk to us on social media, you can hit us up at BPLP Pod across all of those platforms. We will be there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know where to find us. All right, guys. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's been great. Um, yeah. If you want to hear more of Jordan scratching his head, you also can, you know. Wow. Has that been audible another... the entire time? <laughs> it wasn't actually you scratching your head. It was your shirt rubbing against the microphone, but it was happening at the same time as you were scratching your head. And it looked like that. Anyways, that's it, y'all. Bye. <laughs>